You're listening to Reach Teach Talk with Nat Dane. I'm here with Eric Velasic, who is the first person that I'm interviewing <laughs> for this podcast. And I'm just really excited because Eric is the cover star of <laughs> Time to Teach, Time to Reach. And I met Eric three years ago yes. when he was referred to me by a parent who just absolutely said glowing things about you. And it's That's about the sweet. power of your connection with her kids. Yeah. And, and, and when I started talking with you about how you connect with kids when you're, when you're teaching, yeah. um, you drew from your 20 years of teaching classroom experience. <sighs> Crazy. And I think I've, what do you say, like 30 years plus. Yeah, it's, I, with kids. I did the math the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a real career. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and I learned so much. And it got me really thinking hard about just how you and how we as teachers connect mm-hmm. with, our, with our students. And, yeah. you know, the power of connection is the theme of this podcast. And Eric, I'm just so happy to have you here. With Thank us. you. It's great to be here. It's yeah. great to be here. I'm honored, actually. <laughs> to, be on the, to be in the book, on the yes. cover of the book and to be your first guest. I'll show That's it great. again. This is, this is the book cover right here. Time to sound reach. Eric Velasic, two years ago, right there. Um, when you think about uh, a moment when you connected with your students that may have involved it was a surprise or something where you're, you're in the classroom and something happened and suddenly the teacher saw your authentic self and the students, I mean, and they actually found it to be a, you found it to be actually a connective experience. Gosh, you know, I would say anytime I did something wrong, (laughs) anytime you make a mistake, because just letting them see that you're human, letting them see that, oh my gosh, you know what? He actually can make mistakes and he learns from his mistakes and he's willing to uh, do, uh, make mistakes in front of his students. It's, you know, it's always better that way. But isn't making a mistake as a teacher something that you don't want to do? Um, you know, I, I'm sure many people feel that way, but I feel like it's uh, you're human. It's so easy to think that you're not going to be human um, to uh, be the person in front. Everyone's looking at you. You think, okay, you have to have all the answers. But if you go into it like that, that's so much pressure. <laughs> and I just really don't know everything. So uh, to go into a classroom and just realize, okay, I'm going to do the best I can do, be my most authentic self. And when I make a mistake... You know, I taught third grade, I can't if you mentioned that, but I taught third grade and in third grade in particular to be able to show that you can make a mistake and either, you know, laugh at yourself about it or learn from yourself about it and to move forward. Because that's what we teach our students every day. It's okay to make a mistake. That's why pencils have erasers. That's, you know, all those things. So it's kind of like, um, uh, it's okay to make a mistake. And so if you can model that and just model it all the way through making the mistake and not beating yourself up and letting it go and showing them all of those different shades and colors to making a mistake. It's so much easier. It, it, plus, it just frees you up, you know? It frees you up. In, well, it would free you up. But I imagine yeah. for many teachers, it actually would kind of lock them down because they feel that they are not being the perfect teacher. Potentially, yeah. yeah. How, how is perfection kind of pernicious in, in teaching them? Well, I think it's a scary mindset. I think perfection because it's... you. It, how can you reach that? And what does perfection mean? What does it even look like? So I don't even know how you can define perfection in terms of education because every student's different. Every classroom is different. Every year is different. Um, sometimes the curriculum is different. So how can you be perfect with a new curriculum or with a particular student? You really have to just kind of do your best and keep your aim true and just kind of figure, you know, you're ready, you're prepared and, um, and making a mistake is fine. So funny you're talking about the kids are really watching for you to, to do your best yeah. and to be true and to be authentic. And 
they and they won't articulate it, right? Like third grade, right. Is, is, right? They're like eight years old, nine yeah, years old, eight, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to say to you like, "Yeah, I'm watching you. And I'm learning from you as a person, and, and I'm learning about <laughs> character traits in you." That, but right. but it is true that they are as as Ted and, Ted and Nancy Sizer here on the students are watching mm-hmm. book, which is phenomenal. The students are always watching, right. and they're not watching. Well, here's my question for you then: yeah. How do you create a classroom environment where the students are watching you, not with a I want to watch him make a mistake right. and catch yeah, him at yeah, it, yeah. but yeah. more with more empathy. Like, you know, if Mr. Velasic makes a mistake, I'm not going to mock and laugh at him. That's right. not the name of the game. So right. how do you, knowing that the students are watching, how yeah. do you, how do you create a classroom that, that well, embraces that? The reality is, honestly, it's the, for me, it was always the first day. There was always like a, a, a moment where we'd start the day and I would just kind of go through, you know, just that respect is the, is the uh, basis for everything we do. It's the foundation of everything we're going to have in our classroom. We respect each other. You'll respect me. I'll respect you. All these kinds of things. And um, when you have that as your basis from the from day one, it re- first of all, it relieves them because they realize, oh, he's not out to get me. He's not out to find things wrong with me. And I'm going to feel safe in this classroom. You know, the whole idea is that everyone feels safe and they feel seen and they feel heard in every classroom. And so when they have those three, when they feel safe, I feel all education comes from that because safety means I'm not going to be made fun of for academic things, for uh, physical things, um, race, ethnicity, any kind of uh, demographic you could think of. It's going to be an area, a room in which I can really be my authentic self, you know, going back to your original question. So when you have that as your basis, I find that they're not really looking at you to make a mistake. They're just watching, just, they're, they're, just, they're eager to learn from you. You brought the word safety quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. And I'm just curious about that word because we tend to think about as teachers and as, as the only adults in the room <laughs> that we, right? Yeah. That it is up to us to create classrooms that are safe yeah. for our students. But how about flipping it? Mm-hmm. How about how important is a feeling of safety for you as a teacher? And what do you think it's when huge. you think of that word? Oh my gosh, it's huge. Uh, at a school, um, you know, as I, I came out uh, in 2000, period, I think 2000, um, uh, and to my first principal. And uh, up until then, um, it wasn't like I was hiding everything about myself, but it was, just, it, was a, it was a piece of myself that I just felt like I couldn't, that not only did I feel like I couldn't share at school, that it could cost me my job potentially. Because um, back then it was, you know, education and, and uh, sexuality weren't really... Um, in sync. So um, to be able to be my authentic self, just coming to work every day, just knowing that uh, my teacher friends know who I am and the admin knows who I am, just, I mean, having that kind of safety. And when you feel safe as who you are as a person, you just do your, you do your best teaching as far as I, as far as I can tell, because uh, you're not, you're not hindering any thoughts. You're not hindering yourself. You're you're eager to get to, you, you, you feel like you can walk into the classroom into the school, into the district, and be yourself. It's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. It's yeah. interesting that um, you focus on the importance of feeling known amongst your colleagues, your principal, right. and the other. You didn't yeah. mention. You actually didn't mention the students. And and, and I'm not sure if what you were um, referring to is coming out to your students necessarily. Mm-hmm. But why is it important for a teacher, and why is it important for you mm-hmm. to be known? Um, as, as, as who's who you completely are by your teachers. Why is that important? Because, because, and I'm thinking about how teachers talk about classrooms being kind of silos. Right, right. You know, I'm with the kids all day, but I, I crave actually being around adults. But clearly we are aware that we are in a village of adults as right. well. Right, yeah. I think it's just, uh, 
because you see them every day and they, you see them every day. And what happens to you in your life is impacts how you're feeling that day. And to feel like you can't share things in the teacher's lounge or whatever, it's just, it gets to be ridiculous after a while, <laughs> especially when you see the freedom of other people. Oh, they're getting married. They're having kids. And it's, it's this big celebratory thing that everyone's talking about. Um, everywhere else. In terms of the, 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 the students, I wasn't necessarily saying with the students necessarily because it just never really came up. But with uh, the faculty, just for myself as an adult in the building, it was really important. It, you know, I, I should say this. It wasn't important until it was. It didn't really Im impact me, I didn't think, until I felt it after I was out with my coworker friends because I was like, oh, I really am myself. I really can just come in like, oh. I was never, not that I was afraid of it being found out, but I guess maybe on some level I was. But just that it was like, I've never had that 360 degree feeling in my career before because it really didn't feel like it was allowed before. And um, yeah, it's a, that's an interesting process. Wow, that, and that's really well described. And, and, and thinking about the theme of this, this episode is yeah. about the power of connection. Right. Um, we, we, actually, we actually walked down a road about the importance of our connection with our colleagues. Mm -hmm. If there's anything, do you have any, anything, any advice you can give in terms of why it's important to have trust built connections with your colleagues because you know as a third grade teacher your classroom was your that was your world <laughs> right, and you were yeah. building that world and clearly you were in charge of that world yeah, yeah yet knowing that your teachers your colleagues your administrators had your back right even though they barely entered your world was right. important yeah what 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 can you say or advice you can give toward the importance of connection with your colleagues well it's I think it's about who you are. It's bringing who yourself. Because the other job, the other part of it is that our job is so personal. You get so invested. You bring every part of yourself to the classroom. Your energy, your time, uh, your humor, you know, your determination. Everything will go into it because uh, you're there. Ultimately, you're you're there for your students. That's really what it's all about. And um, to feel supported by the admin in creating the best environment for your students, you wanna work in the best environment for yourself. And, you know, I think about every time, you know, I work at a phenomenal school and uh, the commute is horrible. I live in LA, <laughs> it's like, it's, an, it's a half hour to work, but an hour and a half every day. And every day when I, traffic gets on my nerves, I just think, oh my gosh, I could work at that school. That school's closer. That school's off sunset, I don't have to work off. You know, I could be there, I'd be home sooner. But to know I'm at a school that totally accepts me and, um, supports me that's that's where you want to work that's where i want to be because it's i mean with with anybody you want to go to a job where you feel supported and cared for and um like i said supported when you think about a school um what kind of word comes to mind when a uh, school is like a blank i'm not sure what you mean but um, what, what, what i'm thinking of is you're describing a school you're, you're describing the importance of your relationships with your colleagues with mm -hmm, your, with your mm -hmm. students with 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 your administrators yeah and a lot of people who have never been, let me walk back, a lot of people who have never been to a school before as a, as a, as a teacher, who have never worked right. at a school, we've all right. been to school, we all feel like we know what a school is. Yeah. They view a school through perhaps a, an organizational lens, mm -hmm. like a school is a corporation okay. for kids. Yeah. Right? Would you agree with that? Um, no. I, I, and nothing wrong with that. I would say someone could probably speak differently to that. But I, you know, now I think about it, it's, if a school is a home, it really is. You got you have so many people of different ages, and they spend so much of their day there, and they do so much growing there and learning there and discovering and about themselves, about each other, about how to relate to one another. 
um, how to work with adults, how to work with different people, how to work with different genders. I mean, you, you just learn so much and you're there for an extended period of time. Generally, you're there about six, seven years. So to have that, you want to have a home feeling. You want to feel like this is their second home. And um, there's a responsibility with that to make sure it's a nurturing, caring home. Okay. They, so, yeah, go ahead. That they get to go to every day. Excellent. Um, so thinking about homes, I, I just had my house remodeled and uh, just redesigned, like, you know, just new wallpaper and new backsplash in the kitchen. I never knew what a backsplash was until about six months ago. So, um, ka-ching. <laughs> ka-ching. So, yeah, and that too. Um, but uh, I'm thinking about your classroom. Um, if you were to scan your classroom right now and think about what's on the walls and, and how it's laid out and how mm -hmm. you've designed your home, right. what is what are, what are what are some of the items that you have in your classroom that that serve to help with connection with your students? You know, it's a. Uh, I would say first of all, they're working. They usually pretty much sit in groups, but I change that up every month who they sit with. Um, and the other thing is, I have and I, I I have this, but I can't take credit for it. This is from my student teaching experience from twenty one years ago. Um, I have a, a different empty desk just called thinking desks. And the idea, the theory is, it's not punitive. The idea is that it's like, you know, when you sit in these groups for so long, sometimes you just need your own personal space. And so it's kind of, and some people can just, a student can go there at any time and just kind of sit and work by themselves. It's quieter and whatever. But that also allows me to kind of come up and say, oh, how, how's everything going? And just checking in with them or whatever. But um, there's those kinds of moments. Um, you know, we have um, just various things that go on every morning. We have like a whole routine of things. And one of them is saying the pledge and one of them is doing the school calendar and things like that, the classroom calendar rather. And it just allows me that one-on-one -on -one time with the students and they rotate each week who does what. So as a line leader and all these things, all the third grade stuff, but uh, the, uh, the third grade big deal stuff. And, uh, but each time it allows me even just walking to a class, having a line leader, you can talk to someone and, you know, it really is, but it's, it's really just, checking in with them, but also just recognizing that a connection with a student is just, isn't, isn't just, doesn't just mean being nice to someone. It's mean, you really get to know them, really getting to know who they are and they get to know you and have an actual relationship, the relational teaching you're talking about. I love the empty desk. Uh, you know, it wasn't a great idea. That's why I stole it. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's meant to be plagiarized. Some, plagiar some, some, some things are meant I to know. be plagiarized. Lila Petiti, first grade. <laughs> Um, but you, you hit on a, a, a theme, actually, that I, I was hoping I would be able to have a chance to address with you, which is this idea of, of talking about connection and the power of connection. Mm -hmm. People can misinterpret that as, as saying, okay, your job is to connect with these students, with these kids. Yeah. And we default to thinking, oh, well, that means be nice. That means right. um, you know, shake their hand every day and look them in the eyes, which right. I imagine you do actually. Or, or probably, you know, I greet them every day at the door. In the, which yeah. is absolutely it's important. Huge. It's huge. Yet teaching, okay, let's get back to learning, right? Like mm -hmm. learning is never a passive activity. Learning right. involves challenge. And yeah. you have to grade. You have to give feedback. You mm -hmm. have to give parents maybe some tough news sometimes. about, right. Or you have to give the students tough news sometimes. Yeah. So why is it important then to connect with the students in terms of, your overall job, uh, which can also involve giving negative feedback and whatnot. Because negative feedback isn't seen as negative feedback when there's that automatic, when they, when, when they know that you trust their child, the child trusts you. Um, because I think along with that, it, if the first thing you say is a negative thing, it's going to come across that way. But when you have that relationship from walking to the classroom or, you know, sitting at a different desk or whatever, and have those conversations, uh, you build that relationship, you build that trust. And so your first communication with them is not a negative interaction on top of the fact that 
my old philosophy has always been that before then, you really praise the positive. So when the negative comes, they're more likely to hear you. And that goes through, that goes for parents, that goes for uh, certainly the students. But it's all about a sense of being able to grow. But it goes back to uh, your first question, but you know, when I make a mistake, that can be seen as a negative. But if you go through it, it's like, oh, okay, it's a bump in the road. And not every bump in the road is a code red. <laughs> you know, it's like you just, you pick yourself uh, up and you move along. Fantastic. You take the long view. Yeah, I really, you really have to. Because again, oh, you know, luckily... Uh, I have the luxury of having the entire year with the same group of students. So you really get to know them. And um, yeah, it's, it's the end game, but it's, you have to, I, I think beyond that, it's kind of like, yeah, I want them to get through third grade, but these are, you know, these become soft skills, but I call them foundational skills, all those interpersonal communication skills, because you need those to continue on. It's, you know, it's um, one of those things, it's one of those things that uh, I always joke around with my principal. I said, I'm going to say this and I might get fired over it. But for me, it was always um, more important for me that my students loves coming, love coming to school. Because if a student loves coming to school, they will learn, they'll be present, they'll be ready. But if they hate coming to school, they could care less what a noun and a verb are. You know? And, but if they love school, not only will they want to know what a noun and a verb are, but they'll start discovering it for themselves. So it's about just creating that environment where they want to be every day. It's a home. They want to feel safe. It's authentic. Can you give me an example of a time where you found it to be really challenging to connect with a student? I'm sure there have been times. I'm just trying to think. Because, you know, when you think back to the year, you always kind of, I, I picture the how student was at the end of the year. Or my relationship with the student, how it was at the end of the year. And it always ends on a positive stretch. So I think it's just... Um, you know, I, I, don't, I really can't think of a time when it was difficult to really connect. Probably because you set the foundation so well in the first Yeah, day. well, I, <laughs> I didn't mean that'd be like a backhand compliment, but I was, I'm sure there are, I, you know, I, I'll put it this way. You know, some days are more challenging than others, and that might be because the AC is out or whatever. You know, there's a lot of reasons why things are difficult. But I don't know, I just keep thinking, you know, they're eight, <laughs> they're eight years old. And, you know, they've been on the planet for eight years. They've been walking for six. They've been in school for five. They're learning to read and write. And they've been doing that for three years. So it's like kind of some slack, you know, everyone's trying to figure it out. And they're all bringing in different parts of themselves to the classroom every day. So it's like, how do you, um, everyone's going to be in a different place. So it's kind of like my job. Uh, is to connect with each student each time, each year. And uh, that's, that's I, I said, maybe I don't find it challenging because that's kind of the fun for it for me, is really finding, okay, how can I connect with each person and how can I make that person laugh or how do they make me laugh or whatever. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know. I would say, especially working with younger, with younger kids, yeah. the connection with the parents is extremely important absolutely because you guys you, you form a team it's a teacher parent yeah. student triangle right yeah how um what advice would you give to parents who um maybe first-time parents whose kids are about to enter to your class yeah. right third grade um what advice would you give to them about how to connect with their teacher and why is it important for them to get to know the teacher as well right yeah, it's, it's a two-handed sweep because they, they're going to hear my name a lot over dinner, <laughs> you know? They're going to hear a lot of stories. So it's kind of, uh, it's always good. I mean, back to school night's always an important time, but I mean, it's always, uh, you know, it's kind of incumbent on the teacher, too, to really kind of build that connection. You know, it's, uh, you know, with technology now, you can send an email. Uh, phone calls are always kind of better, but there's email. You can, you know, we have like, we have a back-to-school picnic that we have every year. So in those kinds of events, it's really important that they know who you are, Um 
Because they're very curious, you know. And the other thing is too, the other part that can be difficult or a challenge sometimes for uh, just talking with any parent at any time is because everyone kind of comes into school with their own memories of what it was like for them at school. So when you have a parent who might have had a tough time in school, um, they might still view school through that lens, like oh, it's a difficult place, or it's hard to make friends, or it's a place where you don't, be, or you aren't successful. So you kind of get, you kind of bring that. Sometimes that concern kind of comes up. So it's kind of like remembering that um, each year is a new year. It's okay to come in and talk to your teacher, uh, your child's teacher, and just kind of check in. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that answered your question. You did beautifully. And I'm not going to, for my final question, um, I'm not going to give you a lens, but I'm going to give you a portal, Eric, to okay. the you when you were a third grade student. Oh, Lord. And if you were <laughs> your own teacher. Yeah. What advice would you have given on how to connect with Eric Velasic, eight-year-old Eric? Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. Uh, that's a great question. I never thought about that. I would say, um, uh, gosh, you know, it's so funny. I, I can put myself back in my third grade. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Um, I don't know how, but I know my third grade teacher did. Mrs. Reed, Caroline Reed, she was awesome. Uh, it's one of those things, it's a, it's a mixed bag where I kind of have some memories of it. And then I just kind of, uh, and I remember my friends were in my classroom and, uh, but the thing that was so great about it is, um, sometimes you have these memories like, you know, it's like, a kind of off topic, but I'll come back. I promise. Um, I worked at a summer camp way when I first started working with kids and I was working, uh, a fellow camp counselor said to me, she goes, you know, they really won't, my, these kids aren't going to remember us in 20 years, but, and she was, that can be kind of depressing because we put so much stuff into being a counselor, da, da, da. but, uh, when they think about camp, they will have a really warm memory about it and they'll feel really good about it, but they won't know why. So I kind of bring that to my third grade year. You know, I just, I remember I, I, she was my favorite teacher and I remember some, some certain moments and, um, she really, uh, got to know me. Like if I got to know me, but I have that warm feeling in me when I think about third grade and I can, there's some of that that's tangible. Some, I don't know why. And, um, uh, I think it's because that I did feel connected it sounds like you also felt safe. I mean, that's completely. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah. I just looked back. That was the first year. I don't, and it wasn't that the previous years were horrible. I don't, it was just something about that third grade year. I think it was the best, the friends were in it and the teacher and the way she was and her personality. And so, um, a lot of what I, uh, bring to my third grade classroom, I think that's why I love third, teaching third grade so much. Cause it was really, she put that, she put that imprint on me, um, that that was the, like, that's just a fun year. And it, and it really, is. <laughs> it's a really fun year. That was Miss Reed. Caroline Reed, yeah. Okay. I she just passed recently, I have to say. It was like, I was, uh, a couple of years ago, I was kind of taking stock of myself and uh, doing a little inventory, and I was writing letters uh, to some people who I wanted to thank over my career. And uh, I sent some out, and I went to look her up, and she had just passed, like maybe the March before, which was horrible. But was, I, which was interesting, but I meant to say this too. Uh, when I first started teaching, uh, 1998, uh, my mom, she worked, uh, my mom worked at the district that I grew up in and she had, unbeknownst to me, sent a uh, letter to Caroline Reed. Um, she was then, <laughs> she was then retired in Arizona and Caroline Reed sent me a, a letter in 1998 and I wish I could find that letter, but um, it was so powerful to read that. She was, oh, I remember you in third grade and this and that. It was like really a beautiful moment. And uh, just, and it was so interesting to see her cursive writing that 
you know, that 1978 cursive writing that teachers had. Uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember the stationery. It was the, the thick line and then the dot, 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 dot yeah. line and then the thick line. We still right? use it. We yes. Still use it. Do, you still, do you still teach the letter Q the way that it is? It was so oh, odd. The uppercase letter so Q. I never thought. So many different right. ways. Exactly. <laughs> so you're, still te- you're still teaching cursive. That's yes. another episode. That'll be another episode. Handwriting exactly. and its importance through I, the new millennium. Can I tell you something? I <laughs> love doing it. The kids love doing it. It's one of those things. That's what we're going third grade. Cursive writing it. and multiplication. Yeah. Those are the two things that kids want to learn because it makes them feel like they're adults. Yeah. Well, hey, Eric, thank you so much. Eric, oh, Eric Velasic, helping us to, as adults, to remember <laughs> the importance of how we, commu- how we connect with, with our students, with our kids, and through vulnerability, through uh, creating classroom environments of safety, through feeling respected and, and valued by your peers yeah, and absolutely. supported by your peers and your colleagues, yeah. uh, despite the classroom being a silo. Um, <laughs> and also just really being able to reflect back on the, the importance of the teachers that we grew up with and the feelings that they brought. Even if you don't remember exactly what you learned, except you know you learned cursive. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's how you felt. And uh, that feeling of belongingness being so critically important. And as a man who's teaching in elementary school, um, you know, I, it, I, I, I think it's, a, it's an area that we need to, as a country, focus on, too, is putting more men in the younger grades. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that? I would. You know, I luckily I work at a school that's very diverse uh, gender-wise, and uh, a lot of teachers, you know, have uh, male, female teachers. Um, you know, my very first teaching job, I was the only guy at the school, <laughs> so it was it was me and the janitor. So uh, in the entire school, in the entire school, wow. everybody, it was like, yeah, it yeah. was funny. But um, but you know, at that point, I was used to it. My education classes, where I was the only guy in those classes too, so it kind of grow into it. But um, yeah, see the difference. And, and but I mean, it's good to have role models of every type. Yes. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Miss Reed being one yeah, of them. Exactly. Lucky me. Yes. Lucky you. And lucky <laughs> us to have you here. Today oh, I appreciate it. And I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. It's been a blast. Thank you, Eric.